righty, hour number two, the Pete Callender Show. I am the Pete, News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Going over some of the details of uh, the ultimately very familiar, similar fact pattern and profile of the shooter out of, uh, well, it's uh, what, Lake Forest, a Chicago suburb. Highland Park. I don't know the area. I've never been to Chicago, so I apologize. But um, I am now very familiar with sort of the the psychological, sociological profile of uh, these shooters. Developed over time, unfortunately, covering all of these mass shootings. They all seem to be of a very similar profile. So what did we learn in the last hour? We learned that he was spurned by a girl that he liked. Not sure if this was the ex-girlfriend from 2018 that they broke up, quote-unquote, that somebody said they broke up and that may have triggered it, but that was in 2018. They worked together at a job at Panera Bread Company, and um, that got closed down during COVID. And so he didn't get to hang out with his uh, with this girl anymore. And... Uh, he also posted lots of uh, terrible things on videos where he uh, fetishized violence, and uh, but also built a shed and then lived in the shed, kind of Unabomber-like. Um, parents had split. His mom seems kind of nuts. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. couple run-ins with law enforcement. Yeah, this was pretty interesting. Let me walk you through the timeline. Oh, and again, I'm, I'm calling this guy DJ Pimplestick uh, because uh, his head is very large and his body is very tiny and thin. And so he looks kind of like a pimple on a stick, but he wanted to be a rapper. So I'm calling him DJ Pimplestick or Pimple. So let's see here. April 2019. April 2019. So this is. Uh, you know, before COVID. An individual contacts the Highland Park Police Department a week after learning that Pimple had attempted suicide. He was threatening to pop himself. This was a delayed report, so Highland Park still responded to the residents. It was a week later, but that's when they got the call. They spoke with Pimple. They spoke with Pimple's parents. And the matter was being handled then by mental health professionals. At the time, there was no law enforcement action to be taken. It was a mental health issue and handled by those professionals. And look, this is what all of the, right, defund the police folks. This is the model they would very much like to follow. Okay, dragging the society along with us here. And look, a lot of police officers would agree that they're not equipped to handle people in these types of mental health emergencies, which have been exacerbated by the lockdowns, the pandemic, the constant fear porn that media and politicians have been cranking out for the last three years. So, or two years. So um, that's April, 2019. Threatens, says he's suicidal, a week later, somebody calls the cops, maybe his relatives, his parents or something. They call the cops. They, uh, the cops talk with the parents. They talk with Pimple. And then they turn it over to the mental health professionals. Okay. That's April. Five months later, in September 2019, 
a family member reports that Pimple said he was now going to kill everyone and that he had a collection of knives. The police responded to his residence. The police removed 16 knives, a dagger, and a sword from his home. See, this is why I'm wondering. Like, They say he, he was facing eviction out of the apartment in back of his parents' house. And I've seen the, quote, tiny house that Pimple built himself. And it's, it's a pallet with plywood walls and a door on it and a roof. I don't know if that's the room he was living in, if that was his apartment. But he said he built a tiny house, but it's a tiny house. I don't think if you are collecting 16 knives, a sword, and a dagger, I'm not sure you got space in your tiny house. I'm not saying that the knives take up a lot of room, but it is a tiny house. It's on a pallet, right? I mean, it's really, really small. It's smaller than a tiny house. It's a shed. It's an eight foot by eight foot shed, right? That's what we're talking about. But he is very small, so he probably just could curl up or maybe just stretch out. He could probably stretch out on that. He's a small, small dude. So, um, In April, he's suicidal. Five months later, now he wants to kill everybody else. And they call the cops. The cops take all of his weapons. No guns, uh, but they have no probable cause to arrest him. There were no complaints that were signed by any of the victims. The Highland Park Police Department did notify the Illinois State Police of the incident. And then... Three months later, his dad got him a gun. Because that's what you obviously should do when you have a son who has expressed suicidal uh, thoughts to the point where you've called the police and has talked about murdering other people. That's what you do is you go get a gun for him. You, you, you sponsor him. Because that's what happened in December of 2019. Now, maybe this was something like the parents were separated and dad's trying to, you know, be the good parent, trying to buy his son's love. Hey, okay, yeah, Christmas, I'll get you a gun. Yeah. He applied for his FOID. It's called a firearm owner's identification. FOID. Yeah, they've, they've got that in Illinois. Matt Vespa, uh, by the way, those details came from the Daily Wire's Ryan Saavedra. And then Matt Vespa over at townhall.com, he says that the number of red flags that have been raised about Pimple is staggering. Again, another preventable tragedy. The father co-signed for his son's firearm owner's identification card in 2019, even after his past behavior. He says, I have a feeling that this whole family is going to land in hot legal water. If they knew this kid was a problem, did nothing, and then signed a firearms card for him, they deserve to be charged as well. He says, it's a mess. It's a circus. If you know your son is a head case, co-signing for a FOID card is probably one of the most reckless things I have ever heard. Speaking of reckless, Boomer Von Cannon. W. 
News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. I'm watching the car chase through South Charlotte. He just went, uh, did a loop around a school. I'm guessing it's Audrey Kell, but I don't know. It's got, it had multiple tennis courts, blue, uh, blue tennis courts. Um, he's now driving, he's carjacked. This, uh, this man has carjacked now four different vehicles leading police on high-speed chase all throughout southeast Charlotte. Uh, I'm just kind of watching. This is the, oh, he's right through an intersection now. That's, yeah, I mean, that's, that might be South Park. Um, But I can't, uh, yeah, so it's hard to tell looking from up above like this, you know? I'm not used to seeing the city like this. I think that might actually be right that might be South Park uh, on uh, Providence. Yeah, I believe it is. And now he's up on the sidewalk. Yep, there's the gas station. He's turning right on Tyvola Road now, um, heading towards I-77. He's now up on the median in the center of the road. He's now crossed over into the left turn lanes. He's now driving through the grass median again back into the right lanes. He's now crossing the intersection that would have been what uh, Park Road, I want to say, and uh, I mean I'm guessing at this location. It, I'm pretty sure it is, but Charlotte's changed a lot since I've been away. So my landmark now he's on the left side of the three lanes. Yeah, he's on Tyvola. This has got to be Tyvola, um, and I'm guessing he's trying to get to the interstate. He's on the. He's driving right into head on. He's gonna. He's gonna hit somebody head on. He's up on the sidewalk now, driving in the left lane. Well, he's in the right lane in oncoming traffic. Speeding through the intersection now. I think he's getting close to the uh, to the IC. He's crossed back over. He's getting close to I-77, I think. Uh, yeah, there were all the, uh, the trees down the center. He's back in the right lane now, right-hand lane. Now, now he's gotten off. He's turning right. Oh, this is he's getting on. No, oh, he's getting on to. Uh, yeah, he's getting on to Park Road. He's now going north on Park Road towards the city. He's behind a truck. He's now crossed into the left lanes again. He's going into oncoming traffic because the right-hand lanes are completely stopped. He's now up in the median again. People are swerving to avoid him. He's now crossed over the median again. He's back in the right-hand lane. The reason I'm doing this, by the way, is in case anybody's in the area, you want to you get out of this guy's way. He's, uh, he's obviously out of control, looking to kill himself and other people. He's now screaming up the road in the, uh, he's now crossed over the median again. He's into oncoming traffic. He's passing the apartments approaching Park Road Shopping Center. Yeah, he just passed the shops that are right there. Uh, he's, he's not yet at the intersection of Runnymede Lane, but he's almost there. Uh, yeah, so I'm like, again, I'm, I'm making these these I'm seeing some of the landmarks that are familiar to me but it has been a long time since uh since I've been down in this part of the up oh, he's turned left hang on he's turning left he's going into a residential neighborhood now 
He's now driving a black SUV. Police are quite a distance away. They've obvious, they're obviously following him from the sky. And he's just screaming down the road, uh, this residential road. Uh, hitting over the speed bumps. And I guess he may have been over at, uh, it may have been Myers Park High School. I can't tell. That was Myers Park High yeah, School. Yeah, it was Myers Park High School. I didn't know they had four tennis courts. He looks like, so now it, he's turned, he's made a right. He's back in the, um, what is that, Madison Park neighborhood. It looks like he's now, he's approaching, you know, he's now cut across somebody's lawn. He's back behind a tree. He's now turned right. I guess he is now back on Runnymede. Now police, a police cruiser, he just passed a police cruiser who's turned around to follow him again. So it looks like he was trying to get now. He's, oh, he just jumped the barrier. He's now gone left into a crossover the, uh, uh, an intersection. Was it a gas station parking lot? He's turned left. Yeah, there's the Wendy's. He's back onto Park Road. And now a pickup truck has decided to chase him and is going to ram him from behind and is now pushing him. This is apparently just some random guy in a silver pickup truck. He's now going to try to do a California stop, it looks like, if he can catch him. But he can't catch him. The SUV has lost uh, some material off of its uh, back bumper, looks like. The pickup truck, I don't know if is continuing to pursue. This is obviously not a smart move to pursue the guy. He's already carjacked four different people. He's proceeding, I guess this is uh, north again, towards the city, uh, towards Uptown, I should say, on Park Road, it looks like. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, so I'm looking at uh, Joe Bruno from WSOC-TV saying that uh, the pickup truck that, because I see somebody said, oh, uh, Eric was asking, oh, could the pickup truck that rammed, that was ramming the carjacking suspect uh, that was leading police on this chase through North and South Carolina, but through Southeast Charlotte, was heading back up towards the Dilworth area, and... um, and then ran through an intersection. I, I could not identify the intersection um, from the Chopper video that I'm watching, which was WSOC-TV's Chopper. Uh, but uh, Joe Bruno reporting that the pickup truck uh, was a civilian who was trying to get the chase to end. Um, right. So, And that's according to the, uh, the Chopper 9 Sky Zoom pilot. I think they're obviously monitoring the uh, the scanner traffic, which I don't have a scanner in here, so I cannot tell you wh- where all the stuff was. Uh, I got to, Pete, why aren't you warning everybody exactly where he is so they will be aware? Help the people out, which I responded to Cindy. I thought that's what I was doing when I was doing it. Maybe not. Yeah, I thought I was. I was trying. Uh, yeah, don't have the scanners in here. Just watching the video, trying to identify the streets uh, as they were, uh, as I could. Luckily, it was an area that I 
I could recognize from the sky uh, after it had been, you know, redeveloped over the last 10 years in the South Park area. But as far as I could tell, he went up Park Road. He went through Dilworth. He went through some back uh, neighborhoods. He came back out onto a major thoroughfare, ran through an intersection, T-boned somebody. I think that was at least the second accident that he was in. Uh, Earlier, he uh, ran, uh, got, got into an accident and jumped out of that car and when then began running up and down in the stop traffic at the light and saw a woman in the black SUV, got out to go check on the other driver that was still in the vehicle, and the guy, the carjacker, who was trying to drag a person out of another vehicle, seized the car, now the SUV, and sees the woman get out to tend to somebody else. So he runs over and takes her car. And that's how he was in the black SUV, which he then smashed uh, through that intersection. And uh, he was taken uh, into custody at that point. And as you heard Mark Muller reporting earlier that uh, he was wanted for a uh, for a breaking and entering. Uh, Chopper 9 followed that driver for an hour. And they've got a post up here of the flight map. And so the chopper has been following him or followed him for an hour. He was up in uh, north of Noda. He was up I-77, Mineral Springs, Rumpel Road area. Came all the way down, made a loop around, uh, uh, went past Charlotte Douglas Airport, went through Steel Creek, um, down into South Carolina, and then back up through Montclair, South Barkley Downs. It was also down around Piper Glen area. And then, but did a lot, I mean, but yeah, and then did a lot of stuff just south of uh, Center City. Um, let's see here. I'm, so I'm just reading WSOC's uh, rundown here because I'm seeing if they've got information on uh, suspect or anyone reached out to CMPD. They said they're not calling it a chase, but said police are following a car. So it's not a chase. They're just following him at a high rate of speed. Um, all right, so one of the crashes occurred at Ballantyne uh, Commons Parkway and Johnston Road. That's where uh, it looks like he took the uh, it looks like he took the black SUV. And the earlier, I don't know where this one was. Um, but how he got the car that he crashed through that intersection with, he was in a white pickup truck, and then he stole a car in a parking lot somewhere else, a little sedan, and that's the one he was driving that he wrecked, and then he got the black SUV. So he, car, he four different carjackings. I mean, it's just like I, I don't I don't know what the guy's deal was, what the record what his record was, what his rap sheet is, and all this stuff. But whatever you did, you've just made it infinitely worse. Although, it is Mecklenburg County. And so, uh, I'm guessing what? He's probably, oh, well, yeah, wait. Oh, okay, yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's already bailed out. He's already bonded out. They let him go. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just kidding. So far, I'm not aware of any, um, uh, there are no uh, fatalities associated with this. doesn't look like the guy, I mean, I'm amazed at the, I mean, he plowed into a car at Johnston Road. I mean, hit it head on. Airbags deployed. He gets out. He starts running down the street. Um, there's another vehicle that is 
uh, crashed up into a, an SUV or a, sorry, a, uh, an 18 wheeler. He tries to drag the person out of that car, but can't get them out. Then proceeds to run back up the street, sees the woman exit the SUV to tend to the other driver. So he jumps into her passenger side door and climbs over this, uh, the, the console and gets into the driver's seat, and then he takes off, and that's where uh, he got the last car. Uh, it, just com- a complete, reckless endangerment of other people's lives. I mean, uh, the incident started as a residential breaking and entering where a Jeep was stolen. Since then, the suspect stole three additional vehicles and continued to drive erratically. That from CMPD. Um, so let's see here. Bruno reporting the chase is over South and East Boulevard. That's where it happened. At South and East Boulevard. Um, yeah, and so do, do, do you think she got out to check on the person? Right. So that's where it ended. He's been taken into custody. got out with his hands up. So thank God it looks like nobody killed. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. How many uh, how many uh, attempted murders do you think that might rack up on his record? Maybe somebody could take that into account when they decide whether to hold him for bail or not. What do you think? Just spitballing. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All righty, so uh, now that the car chase is over, yes, Icky Fu, the guy, the carjacker, was in motion. It's kind of difficult to identify exactly where he is at any given point because he is on the move. Um, let me finish up with one other point here. When I made reference, I mean, there is a connection here with the, uh, uh, the carjacker. I'm very curious to see what happens when, uh, when he you know, m- meets his uh, first, what, magistrate or maybe a judge would actually get to see him. Who knows? Um. What good are the laws if you don't use them? This also came up, by the way, just as an aside, this came up with the uh, Charlotte City Council's bathroom ordinance, which then prompted the HB2 state law that Democrats then, you know, fundraised off of and uh, Roy Cooper used to help win his uh, first term. Anyway, uh, they Bob Hageman, the city attorney at the time, I read through the transcripts of the minutes and he literally says... That, uh, yes, we're going to pass this law, and yes, it's going to have these onerous punishments, but we're just, we just won't enforce it. That, that's not what laws are supposed to be about. That's not the purpose. You don't pass a law in order to not enforce it. Yet again, it is unclear what lawmakers can do to prevent the next mass shooting because just weeks ago, say the editors at National Review, the Senate passed a gun control bill that Chris Murphy described as the most significant piece of anti-gun violence legislation in nearly 30 years. And today, posturing as if nothing has been done recently, Democrats are asking for more. They're coming back for the other half of the loaf, right? But what exactly does doing more Mean? What does do something mean now? In this case, a red flag law, Illinois has one. 
a permitting system for the purchase and ownership of guns. Yep, check. Illinois got that too. Universal background checks, you say? Up. Oh, already a law in Illinois. How about assault weapons banned and high capacity magazines banned? Highland Park has banned both of them, actually. Highland Park has banned both assault weapons and high capacity magazines, and they have had them banned for almost a decade. Concealed carry? Ah, that's prohibited at the parade under Illinois law, so that renders it illegal to carry firearms at any public gathering held pursuant to a license issued by any governmental body. Straw purchasing. Yep, that's illegal. Also, the gun was obtained legally, so it doesn't really apply here. How about the courts? Can we blame the courts in any of this? Do they have some blame? Not really. The Seventh Circuit upheld the assault weapons and high-capacity magazine ban enacted by Highland Park. The Supreme Court declined to take up the case. So can't blame the courts, right? The city did what it was supposed to do, what all the uh, gun control folks say should be done. They did it. As for Heller, McDonald, uh, Bruin, all of those cases, nothing they say has flowed from them that is that, that intersects with this case at all. So what? What are the laws? What are the what other laws exist? Oh, it's the guns, right? Because you got all of these things in place, but somehow or another, this guy was still able to get a gun. How? Because his father vouched for him. His father sponsored him to get the permit. Even after the guy had two run-ins with law enforcement for mental health issues, once when he said he wanted to kill himself and somebody called the cops on him, and another time when he said he wanted to kill everybody else. And the cops were called. They took all of his knives. But there was no probable cause. Yet three months after that, Dad sponsors him for the gun permit so he can go get a gun. What's up with that red flag law? If states are going to institute systems designed to keep guns out of the hands of dangerous people, it is not too much to ask that they use them. Use the systems that you created that you said would prevent this. In the aftermath of almost every mass shooting, we learned that the suspect was, quote, known to authorities, which in almost every case means that the shooter was also known to his community. And so it was here as well. Right? He dramatized a school shooting in a video. He fantasized about getting into a shooting war with cops. Why did this not trigger any kind of prophylactic action. While we're at it, by the way, the editors at the National Review point out, uh, how about we how about we ask a similar question to the press? Study after study after study after study shows mass shootings are highly contagious. NPR put it in 2019, quote, intensive media coverage seemed to drive the contagion. It's a free country. Media is free to act as they see fit. But maybe you could see fit to take that into account, right? Every major press outlet in America remains fixated upon this shooter. Is it too much to ask the press whether the need 
to squeeze a few extra clicks out of a story is worth the risk of encouraging the next shooter. Also, beyond that, what about Americans? We do well to set incidents such as this one in their proper context that random acts of violence are indeed terrifying. And they are terrifying because they are so rare. When you allocate your limited time and resources, we ought to remember that while the most spectacular criminals garner all the attention, a devastating attrition continues unabated in the background. The day before the shooting in Highland Park, 15 people were killed in Chicago. The day before. So maybe some perspective.